Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. All right. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. We are launching late because we had a technical gremlin, and hopefully that thing has choked itself out and is no longer going to fight us. And uh, yeah, it's Monday. It's June the 26th, and we are talking about the kids. It's always been about the kids. I'm going to give you a quick update. I went to New Hampshire over the weekend, and uh, I got to meet Vivek Ramaswamy on a uh, stage at Pork Fest, surrounded by a bunch of libertarians. Libertarians, you are an odd bunch. Let me just say that right up front. You are an unusual group of people. There was a bunch of people that were open carrying weapons. That was kind of cool. Um, kind of weird, too. Having a, uh, a presidential candidate, even if he is sort of a, a less, lesser known one than some of the bigger guys. And, um, you know, you've got open carry handguns and rifles just sort of like in the crowd. Definitely interesting. We had a rainstorm come down that was crushing this tin roof in this little shed that we sat in. There was a couple hundred people out there. And we got to sit on a stage and talk about the administrative state, what many people call the deep state. Uh, definitely a productive trip. Definitely exhausting and uh, possibly the source of some of these gremlins. I think uh, Ryan Matta, who's out there in the chat, one of my buddies and um, has helped me on some production, has isolated the fact that uh, Rode, which is the company that makes our board, may have done an update and they may have screwed up a lot of these things. So hopefully we have worked out that gremlin and we're going to rock and roll. Before we get started with the show, and there's plenty of things we're going to talk about, mostly this is a free speech platform and we are going to utilize it to its fullest, talking about things that apparently I'm told you can't talk about like quoting Adolf Hitler, which we're going to definitely do. I promised that last night, and I intend to carry through on it. So uh, with that being said, let me first say thanks to our, our sponsors, who are the opposite of Hitler. Uh, this is Catholic Vote. Many of you guys know Catholic Vote. They are uh, a, a big fan of our show. They are sponsoring us. They are keeping the lights on at the Seraphim House, and they are America's top Catholic advocacy organization. In the fight for faith, family, and freedom, three things that mean an awful lot to me, and uh, I'm highly grateful for their support. If you want to go to their webpage, catholicvote.org, you don't have to be Catholic to get benefit out of this. In fact, I would suggest to you that all Christians will benefit from this. Catholic in the universal sense is the way to go. They've got an uh, email chain called The Loop. It's by, it's powered by Catholic Vote, but it comes to your email and it will tell you things that you want to know. So let's see. I'm just going to look through Monday's episode of it. It says the Vatican is launching a visitation by... Uh, a conservative bishop. They're going to go and check in on some guy in Tyler, Texas, who they're trying to censor. That's relevant to us. Mercenaries making uh, marches on the Russian leadership in Moscow. That seems interesting. Uh, the New Jersey school district that's going after parents that are trying to keep track of what their kids are doing. Worth knowing. Chris Christie defending child sex changes. Uh, that's an interesting perspective for a guy that wants to be a Republican nominee for president. And uh, that doesn't seem like a uh, congruous thing. A couple things about the NHL pride. Nancy Pelosi trying to work against the Dobbs decision, trying to legalize abortion nationwide again and do their uh, their pushback in this demonic way. So uh, lots of useful things. If you are a basic uh, conservative, if you are a Christian, check out catholicvote.org. Check out the loop. Get that summary. Like I said, I don't prep all my shows out of it, but it certainly is not a bad option. All right. So let's start off with some threats, right? We had a, uh, a complete failure of our live stream at our normal time. I was getting you guys briefed up on what's going on in our world. Woke up this morning with this in my notifications from Twitter, often known as a cesspool. But uh, this is what I got from Twitter. 
This is a guy known as BDNF guy, whatever the heck that is. Six hours ago said to me, where do you live, Kyle Serafin? Maybe we have patrols show up at every move. Will you continue your speech then? Got the eyeballs emoji if you're not able to see it. My response is very straightforward. You cannot intimidate me. I've already picked a fight with the DOJ, the FBI, the sort of teeth of our federal government. So if you think I'm going to be scared of some random dude online, you are sorely mistaken. Uh, I don't know what his actual purpose was. He's actually tried to walk that back. If you're looking at our live stream, you're seeing that uh, senior chief, our friend George Hill, sent a picture of the pajama boy from the um, the Biden administration. Sorry, the Obama, the Obama administration, the Obama-Biden administration kid with these glasses wearing these uh, plaid onesie pajamas like a child, even though he looks like a grown-up. Uh, my response is pretty straightforward. I live in Texas, America. I live in a place called Liberty Hill. That seems like a good place for a person that wants to speak the truth. I don't know who we is. I don't know what patrols mean, but um, if that sounded really tough in that guy's head, it doesn't sound very tough to me. It sounds like a like a childish fifth grade insult uh, trying to threaten you in a way that doesn't make any sense. And uh, it's certainly not going to go anywhere with us. So, so be it. Threaten away. We're going to keep talking. And uh, we're going to keep talking about things like our other sponsor here, Patriot Coolers. Let me just hit them real quick. PatriotCoolers.com. This is a, a kind of a, a nice visual for you. There's some floaties. There's a, a women in bikinis sitting in a, a pool. What's more American than that? It says built for freedom. I'm sure there's a little bit of a double entendre there. They're actually showcasing a cooler that I have. It's going to be their, their soft-sided cooler that keeps things cold for days. Great for floating. Definitely not going to hit you and uh, knock you unconscious if you're out on the river. So check them out. Check out all their stuff. Use promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E, get 10% off. Kyle, K-Y-L-E, gets you 10% off. You're supporting veterans. You're supporting the Kyle Serafin Show. Um, they're a great company. It says Patriot on the side of them. That's what we're all about here. We're talking about freedom. Let's talk about other people that care about freedom. How about Moms for Liberty? Okay. Moms for Liberty, many of you have heard about them. They were working with our friend Steve. Um, they reached out and tried to support him right away when they found out that he was getting canceled. And it resulted in Steve losing or Steve's wife, rather, losing her Facebook page. Kind of an interesting thing. That is not very free. Um, I want to say you can tell a lot about people by who their enemies are. So let's find out who these Moms for Liberties are. If you're not familiar with their organization, let's see what um, this non, non-political group known as GLAD, I think that's the Gay and Lesbian Alliance for Defense or whatever the heck it means. GLAD's been around. They're a, a, a gay advocacy group. And they have a take, which is updated recently as April 21st. So that's pretty frequent. That's, uh, that is this year. And they say that Moms for Liberty was founded in January of 2021, claiming it will, quote, organize, educate, and empower parents to defend their parental rights. That doesn't seem like a threat to anybody, does it? Uh, but they also have called for book bans, allegedly, child uh, classroom censorship, and bans on the teaching of slavery, race, racism, LGBTQ people, and history. If you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you here in Texas it's probably not going to go over the way you think. There's a woman up here. If you're looking at our, our Rumble page, you'll see on the there's Ron DeSantis. And on the far left in this purple background is a woman named Tiffany Justice. I had a nice chance to talk to her last night. Tiffany Justice is a lovely lady. She is also, though, um, a woman. And I don't think women are necessarily built for combat. Call me crazy. But uh, men tend to be much more adversarial. They tend to be able to get involved in both verbal and physical fights in a way that are very different and more direct than women. And Tiffany, you know, Tiffany is a, a nice lady who's a mom, which is what she said. And she's had people threaten him or her rather. Uh, they've threatened her children, said they wanted to put a bullet in the heads of her children. To me, 
that's pretty atrocious. But I also think that is sort of indicative of the way the left does business. They're more than happy to put men who are pretending to be women in the fight against actual women, right? They can do so in the UFC. We've seen this with like Fallon Fox. I think that was the name of that uh, that dude that uh, knocked a woman out, broke skull you know, parts and broke bones. And they do so in the verbal setting as well. They try to claim uh, equivalence with actual women. And then they get involved in a fight that women are not necessarily prepared to get in. I know women, I think you know that you think you're tough. You've watched a lot of Hollywood. It's just not the same. The physical environment is really the world of men. And real men should be willing to jump into it and uh, take that take that punch for you. And uh, I would say, if you're listening to the show, you are listening to people who are like that. The men in the chat room, you know what I'm talking about. We're not going to back away from a fight and it doesn't matter if it's with some tranny if it's with some dude pretending to be a chick or if it's going to be some of these just betas that want to go and threaten you online so let's look at another little piece here this is from the washington post i think it's worth looking at they are making fun of her i think tiffany looks pretty good uh in that founder actually this is a different woman this is uh tina deskovich she is another one of those founders like these are moms this is what moms look like they're women feminine you know who don't want to have the government involved in parenting it seems like a pretty easy thing that Americans could have always agreed on, not in this modern world, because it's about the children. They think they own your children, don't they? Moms for Liberty, this is the uh, the headline from Washington Post, has turned parental rights, they put that in scare quotes, parental rights, into a rallying cry for conservative parents. Uh, yeah, you're damn right we have. There's a 100% chance that that's what this is all about. Children are the future of all those things. They're the reasons why you get in the game in the first place. They're the reasons why you should be involved in politics. If you are not interested in children, then I don't really care what you have to say. If you don't have children, you even lose a little bit of standing because what are you in there? Well, like what skin do you have in the game? It's always been about children. I'm going to read this article here just because I think it's kind of funny. This is uh, talking about Melbourne, Florida. Obviously, they are based out of Florida, just like our buddy Steve Friend. It says three dozen women showed up at the... I think they were talking about the Broward, but the Brevard County School Board meeting last week, they wore identical Moms for Liberty shirts declaring that they do not, quote unquote, co-parent with the government. This is uh, therapy talk. This is um, sociology talk about allowing another parent involved, usually for people who are divorced. You talk about co-parenting, different households that are involved in the same thing. Um, that's what they're kind of making the the draw in, and they are not going to let the government be one of their one of the parents in the relationship. I tend to agree. The government has absolutely no business getting involved in our parenting. It says afterwards, the gaggle huddled near an oak tree, listening to proceedings by a cell phone because they were kicked out because they jeered the mask mandate. Well, those are my kind of people. You don't like a mask mandate. You don't like a vaccine mandate. You don't like being muzzled, and you want to have free speech. Um, I would call you a suspendable. I would say that the Moms for Liberty are in fact suspendables 100 percent so what do they do they've uh, pissed off the washington post they've pissed off people like glad who are out there advocating that transgender health is a critical necessity in this country and we need to cut the pieces off healthy children so um yeah uh, that makes us that makes us friends for sure and in fact after talking to tiffany justice one of the co-founders last night she's going to come on our show in a very near near uh, episode and we will get her take on all of this stuff why are we talking about them today, though? The entire Twitter space that I was in, resulting in um, claims that I cannot quote Adolf Hitler, which I have every intention of doing in just a few moments. The, the reason that we are talking about them is because they got into hot water with another liberal rag, and that group was uh, the Indianapolis Star, which is a newspaper from Indianapolis. I guess it's the paper of record over there. You can find them at IndyStar.com if you are so inclined. You can find this particular piece right here. 
And here it is. It is a it is a published thing from about a week ago. It's from the 21st. I don't even see it must be the Indianapolis Star editorial board because it actually doesn't have even a byline to it. And it states that the Hamilton chapter of the Moms for Liberty, they have 135 chapters nationwide. They're a grassroots organization, um, unless you're the Washington Post. They're allegedly a grassroots organization. They're a national in, uh, group that has been listed as an extremist group. You know we love our extremists here on the Kyle Serafin Show. That's what the, the expendables, the suspendables rather, are. And they call themselves a parents brigade. That is the name of their, their actual email list that went out. And they, they issued an apology. And I think that was a mistake. I'll tell you why. If you're looking on the Rumble page, you can see it right here. This is the Parents Brigade, a parenting advocacy through unifying, educating, and empowering parental rights at all levels of government. And on the far right-hand side here, this is what they're quoting. Um, it just says, quote, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. And that's Adolf Hitler. Now, if you are in 2023 and you are reading a mom's newsletter for women that claim that they're in favor of liberty and have a picture of the Statue of Liberty on them, and they have symbols of stars and other patriotic things, things that you probably have uh, on your favorite uh, T-shirts and things like that. If you think that group is advocating that Adolf Hitler is someone that you should aspire to be, I think you are a crazy person. I think you are a bad actor. I think you are a disingenuous individual. There's no way that you're going to convince me that someone needs context for an Adolf Hitler quote when you read just below it that they will not be intimidated by hate group. And then there's this entire uh, write-up about how they don't want to have the government involved in. Adolf Hitler believed in co-opting the mechanisms of government to indoctrinate the youth and get his message across and develop this um, unified Nazi front in 1930s Germany. Here is the actual newsletter. They actually had to put a little caveat in there. So be it if you need to do such a thing. But end of the day, I think the, the, the Adolf Hitler quote stands on its own without context. No frame required. There's literally no reason that you have to frame this sort of thing because we're talking about Adolf Hitler, the person that the left absolutely loves to, uh, to use and to call out. In fact, I think we've been hearing about how Trump was Hitler for literally years now, coming up on a decade of Trump is Hitler. Orange Hitler is what they were calling him, right? So here's this uh, this this episode or this uh, this article that came out. This is their newsletter from June of 2023. It's only a week or so old and was met with this leftist outrage, this shrieking and this wailing and gnashing of teeth. And, uh, and this woman, Tiffany, got beat up about it, even in the space by some liberals. Uh, they all claimed because they're Jewish that they were massively offended by the fact that anybody would quote Adolf Hitler and that nobody can quote Hitler this seems pretty ridiculous to me. And I will tell you exactly why I think quoting Hitler is 100% appropriate, why it is the thing to do. Let's quote Hitler right now. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm going to quote from the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. No context given, by the way, simply staping, saying, uh, shaping the future, indoctrinating the youth. Here's a quote from 1938. These boys and girls enter our organization at the age of 10 years. And for the first time, they get a little fresh air. After four years of the young folk, they go on to the Hitler Youth, where we have them for another four years. And even if they are still not complete national socialists, they will go into labor service and are smoothed out there for another six, seven months. And whatever class consciousness or social status might be left, the German armed forces will take care of that. That is Adolf Hitler, 1938, telling you that when you capture the youth, you get them 
on board with the program. This is the basis of a lot of Marxism. This is the basis of all the communist ideologies. Every totalitarian and fascist regime knows that you get rid of the old people that are educated, that have experience, and you get the young people on board with your agenda. This is how you capture a nation. That is why it is always, and it always has been, about the children. It's about children because they are the future. If you want to capture the present, you make sure that you do the things necessary to intimidate adults and you do the things necessary to indoctrinate the children. So why can't we quote Hitler? The Holocaust Museum does it. The organization that is geared up simply to make sure that we never forget that Hitler was the one who killed off 6 million Jews and also something like a million Catholics and other undesirables, gypsies and so on. They were a bunch of people that were exterminated by his regime simply because they went after it in a full force capture. The ideological capture happens with the children. If we can't accept that as a reasonable point of discourse at this point in our lives, I think we're in big, big trouble. Okay. I think that that is completely absurd. So let's quote Hitler again, because I'm about to show you some parallels that should really, really bother you. This is another one. Quote, the state must declare the child to be the most precious treasure of the people. As long as the government is perceived as working for the benefit of the children, the people will happily endure almost any curtailment of liberty and almost any deprivation. What does that remind you of? We just had a president sitting on the, the steps of the White House, sitting out in front of the, on the South Lawn and telling people that we don't have our own children. They're everybody's children. They're the children of the people. They're the children of the government. We had Hillary Clinton years ago talking about how it takes a village to raise them. It doesn't take a village, folks. It takes a family. And that family may be extended. That's what a village used to be. It used to be a bunch of people that were related to each other, a small tribe. So the idea that a village is not related by blood in very close proximity to the people that are raising the child, that somehow this, this uh, pulled back government apparatus with a bunch of children themselves, 20-year-old somethings that came out of an education program that are fully indoctrinated, that had the lowest grades coming out of high school per capita, and then came into education to indoctrinate their crappy ideas about gender and all the other ideologies that they're pushing out, their critical race theory, and so on. If you're going to have someone resist that, they're on my team. And uh, you've just heard Adolf Hitler saying that this is the thing that he thinks is really important. They know it. They always knew it. It was always about that sort of capture. And I want to bring up just another little quote here, because once you compare those two things, here's the actual words that Biden said just a couple of days ago. There is no such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all of our children. That's a direct quote. That sounds pretty Hitlerian compared to the orange man bad thing. I'm going to go ahead and pivot even further to that. Let's go to a speech that was given not too long ago, many of you will remember this. This is a speech coming from the whitehouse.gov briefing room. You can actually pull it up if you'd like. There is a record of it. And this is Biden's red speech. Now, my wife asked if I was going to be doing Hitler's red speech or Biden's red speech. They look awfully similar. Let me just read a couple pieces of it, and then I'm going to let him say it in his own words, because uh, why not? He was the president. He can say whatever he likes. He said, first, we must be honest with ourselves and each other. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. This is the gaslighting. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Well, that sounds like othering, which we talked about about two weeks ago. And I want to be clear up front. Not every Republican is a bad Republican. 
Not all of them are these MAGA Republicans. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And then he says this, quote, not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. Now we've got to go ahead and we've got to, we have to um, balkanize people. We have to pull things apart. Okay. And what does he say? They refuse to accept the results of a free election. I think there's some serious problems with that election, specifically that my organization that I used to work for, the FBI, didn't investigate any of these problems that were there. I know that because we asked about it. We also know that a whistleblower just came and said anybody who's not on board with what happens with the FBI going after January 6th defendants is going to be a problem for the FBI, and they're not going to have a job soon. And then, sure enough, the suspendables don't have jobs. That's Garrett O'Boyle. That's Steve Friend. That's Marcus Allen. That's me. There's a couple others that we don't even know the names of yet. I know them, and I won't say them because they're fighting on the background. They showed up at that rally and were removed simply for attending a First Amendment-protected political speech. That should really bother us. Let's see what else he said. He said MAGA forces, okay? Substitute Jews in here and you get exactly the same sort of attitude. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America that has no right to choose, uh, choose abortion. That's what he's saying. He doesn't want to say the word. No right to privacy. Um, that's another code word for abortion. There's plenty of reasons that we want privacy. It's actually the leftists that want to break down things, that want to censor, that want to um, shut down your ability to use end-to-end encrypted apps and have private communications with your friends because that's none of the government's business. That's not a, that's not the left's position that they, the that you should be able to communicate in private. So privacy is just abortion again. No right to contraception. We're really, really into this killing babies thing, right? We got to prevent babies and we got to kill babies. Why do you think they need your children? Why do you think they need to go after your kids? Because they are trying to shut down children in general, and they are trying to take on the next wave of them. They want to kill off their own and take yours. That seems great. No right to marry who you love. Now it's about gays, right? Who also, biologically, cannot have children. If you are interested in a same-sex partnership, you can't biologically have children. I'm not mad at you for being gay. I don't care. It has nothing to do with me. But you can't have kids without some significant apparatus involved. So now we're going to talk about that. He says they promote authoritarian leaders. There's that orange Hitler thing again, right? There's Trump. They fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights. Which personal rights? The ones to kill babies and for them to take your kids that you're not allowed to have because they're everybody's kids? This seems pretty interesting. The pursuit of justice. Remember, we talked about it. If you don't undermine the judiciary, then you are not going to be able to delegitimize the republic in a way that you could turn it into that fascistic totalitarian regime that they want. The rule of law. This has obviously already been subjugated. They have already been breaking the rules. If you were part of the space that we did with Shipwreck Crew last night, you would have heard that there are significant changes and there are modifications that are happening. There are reasons why the government is pursuing a different course of action than is standard, specifically in January 6th stuff. They are undermining the rule of law with their own work, and they are not going after the people that were rioting throughout this country in 2020, and they are acting like they did. You had the deputy director, the number two guy in the FBI, legitimately claiming that there was a reasonable and measured response to both of those and that they were 100% in concert. That is false. I was part of both of them. You all saw them. They're telling you not to believe your lying eyes, but that is silliness. Okay. So let's just, uh, let's just see what that means. Now you can, like I said, you can tell a lot about a group like moms for Liberty based on who their enemies are based on who classifies them and categorizes them as a problem. And here is another one. This is the Southern poverty law center. Our old friends, they have a, a wonderful publication they put out called hate watch which I love. And if you're not regularly checking in on what these wackos are doing, 
you're missing out on the possibilities of um, of keeping a real firm eye on what they are messaging the most extreme. They don't need everybody. They just need some of them to be extreme. So here is the year in hate and extremism in 2022 and the steps that they are using to fight back. They have an introduction. They have the assault on the inclusive education process, trends and threats, hate strategies exposed, and their policy recommendations. This is an activist group that has nothing to do with Southern poverty or law, which was actually set up in theory to fund the legal defense of people that were too poor and indigent in the South to get access to equal justice. Now they just are a left-wing hate group that tells you that if you're a mom and you want your kids to be able to be raised the way that you think is appropriate with the values that you espouse— then you are a problem. You are hateful. Let's see their intro real quick here. Um, they want to talk about January 6th. Shocker. Insurrection. Shocker. Right? Two years post-insurrection, we're going to hear about how there's all this danger. Republicans are, are trying to get total war. They're interested in being anti-Semitic. They are conspiracy theorists. These are all buzzwords for them. They're white nationalists. Okay? They're talking about how they must be prepared to do battle in every arena, and they act like that is somehow a threat of violence, even though the guy specifically says in the media, in the courtroom, at the ballot box, in the streets. What does that mean? Well, if you're a Democrat and you hear about taking to the streets, apparently that's a peaceful protest that keeps you exempt from the COVID restrictions. But if you are on the right, you're obviously asking for violence, and therefore you must be rounded up. I saw what that looked like on the left, by the way, and it looked a lot like violence, like real violence, like people throwing rocks at the heads of Secret Service and other police officers and throwing explosive devices and trying to put laser pointers into federal agents' eyes. So I've got a little bit of a beef with the way they want to say that. Um, they're talking about how over half of the Republicans uh, believe the United States is heading towards civil war. Why is that? Why do we think that there is a civil war pending? I would say to you that we are already in the middle of a civil war. It's just a, it's a fifth generation war, which is to say an information war. And they are part of it. In fact, they are firing shots right on this webpage. That is exactly what that stuff is. It is fifth generation war. It's coming at us. Okay. Now, if we want it to be non-kinetic, that means we need to speak out. We need to not self-censor. The SPLC is an enemy of freedom. They are an enemy of the First Amendment. They are friends of government censorship. They encourage it. They advocate for it. Let's go to their policy recommendations. I'll just skip ahead right now. Let's do this. Ready? Here we go. These are their recommendations to combat extremism, policy recommendations to address hate and anti-government extremism. Anti-government extremism? Isn't this a group that was founded to be able to push back against government prosecutions? Isn't that what they were set up to do? And now they want to go ahead and keep you from having an anti-government position? Doesn't that seem a little bit disingenuous? It's just a little bit absurd. They don't even see it. They're throwing money their way. Here we go. Speak out against hate, political violence, and extremism. It's impossible to overstate the importance of elected officials, business leaders, community officials using their public platforms to condemn and act against political violence, attacks on democratic institutions, racism, anti-Semitism, hate crimes. These are like buzzwords left and right. And vandalisms against House of Worships and other minority institutions. How many uh, protests have you, you think the SPLC has organized to stop the destruction and the vandalization of pregnancy crisis centers, of Catholic churches that were vandalized throughout 2020 and 2021? And there are almost no arrests. And the awards for them, uh, the the arrest sort of rewards, are a couple, couple thousand bucks at a time. And the attorney general went on record and said, the reason that we have not been successful is because it was dark. And in the dark, you can't see people. And they had masks on. But we found everybody from January 6th. Where is the geofence warrants around those pr crisis pregnancy centers? Because they seem like a threat to democracy, to use their words to use the words of the left. 
Don't you think? Isn't that a threat to democracy? When you go after the First Amendment, when you say that people can't freely believe the things that they want to believe, that they can't worship in their houses of worship. That's what the First Amendment says. It says that we have the right to assemble and that we have the right to uh, practice our religion the way that we want and not have people firebomb them or burn out because you have some political belief that doesn't align with theirs, that you have some religious conviction that babies are human beings. That seems like a problem. Seems like a problem to me. I don't like it. How about this? Oh, make federal and state hate crime data collection mandatory. So now we need more government. It's always about that. Let's get more government involved. They had 30 years of incomplete federal hate crime statistics acts, so they need to have them more reported so we can have more statistics. Remember, this is an FBI thing, too. They love it. They want more stats. They don't get incentivized to have less criminal statistics, to have lowered crime. They get incentivized and get paid more because there's more crime stats. Whether or not the crime is there is, is irrelevant. And if it's not there, well, they better create some. So they better start reporting more of it. They better start acting on it. And they better create more bureaucratic processes that we all have to pay for. Whether or not it benefits the American people, totally irrelevant. How about policy recommendations for government prevention and response to extremism? You know, extremism is the reason that we have the First Amendment. Can we agree on that? Can we agree that extremism is the only type of thing that is protected under the First Amendment. Nobody cares about uh, Hillary Clinton's yoga workouts, and they don't care about her wedding recipes and plans for her, her girl's getaway. That's not something that's ever going to be censored. They care about things that are extreme. Let's talk about some of them. How about people that actually believe in the tenets that the National Socialists projected? Actual Nazis. That's what the First Amendment is for. We can all agree that these people are a-holes. And yet, we should defend their right to speak. Why? Because all speech should be exposed in the public. Let them come forward and speak. Let their bad ideas be aired out in the sunlight and burned with unquenchable, unquenchable sunburns as these like white-faced losers wearing masks and getting pulled off and being yelled at that their feds cry. Like, how about those people get exposed? If you make them hide on internet chat forums, that's where your problem is going to be. You're going to get metastasized cancerous growths that you don't see. What do they always say? Early detection is the key to, uh, to keeping you alive longer if you find yourself with some sort of form of cancer. So how about we encourage all of the worst and stupidest actors to come forward, expose themselves, put your ideas out there in the marketplace of ideas, and let us decide and vote with our consequences whether or not you have something that is worthy of the public's debate, or if you're worthy of ridicule. And in the case of people that are quote-unquote actual Nazis, which national socialism, hmm, that sounds like a leftist position. Uh, in fact, if you even listen to the quote I gave you earlier, he talks about national socialism. He doesn't talk about fascism. He doesn't talk about right-wing hysteria or right-wing um, authoritarianism. They're all about left-wing things, nationalization of, of uh, assets taking things away from individual business owners and uh, and getting rid of the Jews so that they could, you know, reincorporate them into a strong central fatherland, right? This is what the Nazis said. Does that sound like a right-wing position or a left-wing position? Because it sounds an awful lot like what the commies say, okay? Even though he was pointing out that Bolsheviks were the problem, he basically just scapegoated one group of people, Jews and, and, and commies. And that's what they did with the Reichstag fire. So you want these things. They want interagency cooperation. That means more government for tracking and assessing the nature and magnitude of domestic extremism, which is not, by the way, a crime. So we want to now follow people for their thoughts, for their positions, for their free speech. We want to go ahead and fringe on that. That's actually explicitly forbidden by our Bill of Rights. 
All right. Do you want to fund community-informed, immediate, and long-term support services for communities that are targeted and impacted by bias-motivated harms? How about Christians? Do they want to do that? Do they want to fund Christian advocacy groups that are impacted by bias-motivated harms? You think so? Is that what the SPLC is all about? They want to fund and develop community-based resilience and intervention programs for youth with social-emotional learning. Oh, there it is, social-emotional learning. That's Marxism, just by a different name. And they don't want to do punishment. So no punishment for your actual crimes, unless you're a right-wing extremist and you have a bad thought. That's what they have a problem with. You like the Constitution. You like religion. How about that? And they want to fund innovative academic research. Oh, let's pay more things into the academic world. That's what we're about. We're about academic research funded by the government, which is to say taking your money and using it for people that disagree with you and trying to give themselves evidence-based prevention programs for social cohesion and community wellness. Do you think they care about uh, having people believe in God and show up and have actual community where they have shared values that have been, I don't know, 2,000 plus years of Christian tradition? Is that something they're going to do? Or do you think that they're interested in leftist ideology and trying to cut off the, uh, the healthy breasts of young girls and cut off the nuts of their, of their sons and daughters, or their sons who think that they're a daughter? Unbelievable stuff. They want to ensure these programs uh, are centered on community needs, but only the community needs that they agree on. So this is the SPLC. And then they need to enforce hate crime laws. Hate crime laws are one of those things that I have a major problem with. You want to go after and say that somebody had some ideology behind them. You have to prove that they had that ideology. And then you have to prove that that was somehow materially worse that they did it because of some awful, like if you kill somebody, you killed somebody. Did you not? Is there ever a good reason for that? If you were doing a, an actual murder underneath the homicide statutes where you killed somebody intentionally with malice and forethought? Does it matter if it was because you thought they were Jewish or they were Christian or because you just wanted uh, the Subway sandwich they had? Does it make any damn difference at all? Really crazy. I see FBI Panty Raid joined us in the chat saying if social emotional learning is the new Hitler youth program, I 100% agree with you, my friend. This is what they are doing. They come for the children, right? It's all about teaching them and indoctrinating them up front and early. And then these people here at SPLC, they want to confront long-term contributors to hate and extremism. Let me just say this again. The First Amendment protects your right to hate people. It doesn't make you a good person. It doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't make you a person that has strong morals. You are allowed to hate people, though. That is an American right to act in this way. Okay? There's plenty of ways that you can act in a hateful way that is protected. And if you want to see a good example of it, go see how Antifa behaves. There's an awful lot of hate with those people. They are impotent haters is probably the most accurate way. They are raging and screaming like children, like toddlers almost, but probably more like uh, incapable adolescents. They don't have the means to express themselves in intelligent ways. They don't have the, uh, the rhetoric to go and work on actual policies to, to implement whatever their crappy ideas are. So they try to do so through force and intimidation, like a, like a schoolyard bully. And unfortunately, most adults in this very safe society we live in are willing to roll over and just accept it. I heard guys, some of you know the guy Bricksuit. I don't know his real name. I know he shows up at a lot of Trump events. He wears a suit that looks like a brick, and I guess he was a big thing of, uh, you know, what is it, uh, build the wall type guy. And, and I have no beef with most of what he said. But last night, he stated that we should self-censor and that we should be careful not to touch the third rail so that our speech is more palatable to the other side and so that they don't have a quote-unquote gotcha moment. I think Ben Shapiro was, was first saying this, but uh, I could be wrong about that too. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter if you're George W. Bush and you mostly agree with almost all of their ideas. It doesn't matter if you are 
um, Tim Scott and you're a black man who is conservative. It doesn't matter if you're Nikki Haley, and I don't have any specific love of any of these people. I'm just naming people. If Nikki Haley, as a Republican, were to go into the, the center stage and have a favorable interaction with Biden, she would be called a fascist and a racist and a Nazi, even though she agrees with most of them. They'll go after Tulsi Gabbard, who I think is a, is a wolf in sheep's clothing, coming into this sort of conservative side of the debate. So it doesn't matter whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Vivek, whether it's um, Ron DeSantis, all of these people, they're all going to be called out in an unfair way because that's not what these people are about. They're not about fundamental fairness. And I'm going to do this last little piece here because this is really where it gets super scary for all of us that have been paying attention. Confronting white supremacy. This is one of their, their, their recommendations. It's still SPLC. Confronting white supremacy in the military and in law enforcement. By the way, you're allowed to be a white supremacist, even if you're an awful person. And the only way that you should take any action against people that are like that is if they have demonstrated some sort of racial bias in the enforcement of their job. If they go home and they have a Hitler flag, I actually don't even care. It doesn't matter if you have a Hitler flag at your house. If you show up and do your job in a professional way, that's nobody else's business but your own. It's the same thing to me that you have another uh, belief that is not loved by the left, which is to say that you go home and have a, a, a cross, a crucifix on your wall. If you pray the rosary at night, these people are going to be equally upset with you. And they've made that allegation that people that play the rosary, people that go to a Latin mass, that they are the same as the so-called white supremacists. So when I see white supremacy on the left as an argument for policy recommendations, I read into that Christianity and everything else that they hate. They've just wrapped it up in a bow and said it's white supremacy, even when it makes no sense whatsoever. That is not what they care about. They don't care about white supremacy. That's made up. That's just a palatable term to say everything that they hate. Somebody said I'm riled up right now. I am indeed. They want to address extremism in the military at every stage, from screening for recruits, recruits rather, uh, clarifying that there's a prohibition against advocacy for involvement or white supremacists or extremist activity while they're active duty, tailored activities for veterans to transition to social life, including counseling, mental health, social welfare services. Yes, rely on the government because that's what the that's what veterans really want to do. How about this? What if we had a group of people from faith-based communities that understood that what veterans really need when they are trying to enter civilian life, that they need to understand that they have a very valuable skill set, that their, their service was appreciated, and that that skill set can be translated to a civilian mission, because it can. But that's where you get veteran suicides, by the way. That's why you get law enforcement people who leave the profession and don't know what to do with themselves. They look around and they think, I have this skill. It is not applicable. I carried a gun for a living and I was prepared for violence. And now I'm in a world where that's not the case. No, that's not the case. Most people don't have to actually use their firearms. They do other types of problem solving. And that is highly valuable in all kinds of life that you would transition to. How about that? How about that instead of uh, trying to put them into medication and uh, put them into like sociological experiments to uh, teach them that their real problem the whole time why they were unhappy with their life is because they didn't cut off their genitals. All right, we're pumped up. Should we hear a little bit from my man? Should we hear what this guy had to say? You tell me if this doesn't sound like uh, like what we're hearing about right now from these angry people on the left. There, there he is. There's Adolf Hitler. We're going to play actual German. I don't know what he says. Du, meine Arbeit für richtig hältst, ob du glaubst, dass ich fleißig gewesen bin, dass ich gearbeitet habe, dass ich mich in diesen Jahren für dich eingesetzt habe, dass ich anständig meine Zeit verwendet habe im Dienste meines Volkes. Gib du jetzt deine Stimme ab. Wenn ja, dann tritt für mich ein, so wie ich für dich eingetreten bin. I'll tell you what, he was a lot more charismatic than, uh, than our current uh, sort of weak president. But uh, look at the imagery, right? He's standing up there. He's, he's got uh, 
his, his weird military uniform on as a Nazi. And then you got this guy. What's this guy all about? We've, we haven't forgotten this thing, even though they would love for us to. By the way, I tried to download this from, uh, from C-SPAN so I could just play you clips of the video and edit it out. And uh, it failed. I don't know if that was on my end or if it's because I'm not supposed to download this. But here you go. But first, we must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Yeah, I, I read this for you and I want you to hear it. There's two things about this that really impact me. Thing number one, he's reading off a teleprompter. He's standing in a glass cage. He's got Marines behind him, and he's barely able to get through these sentences that he's reading, which, look, I've worked with a teleprompter a little bit recently, and it's not the easiest thing in the world. So it is a skill set. But this guy's been doing it for like 50% longer than I've been alive. So let's look at what else Joe has to say. It's the MAGA Republicans. It's the extremists. I'm just going to let him run with it for a second. I just want to hear what this man has to say about people that constitute close to 50%, if not 50% of the voting electorate in this country. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. That's false. As we all know, the majority of Republicans are quote unquote MAGA Republicans. So this is a gaslight. He's trying to divide people again. This is the same reason they went after radical traditional Catholics, as noted here in the um, as noted in the chat. OK, radical traditional Catholics are like, oh, well, they're, you're not a radical traditional Catholic, are you? You're just a regular Catholic. You're a Nancy Pelosi Catholic. You're a pro-abortion Catholic. Is that what they're trying to do? So here we are trying to break people off and factionalize them. They call it balkanization. They have these different, you know what happens in the Balkans? They have a fight. It was the Yugoslav War. Okay, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to create infighting in your group, divide and conquer tactics. Let's hear more, Joe. Why not? Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. You know, what's a hard thing is when you say that your political opponent is a threat to this country. And then um, only a couple of months later, you decide to have that person locked up. Right. You have that person have a search warrant executed at their house the year before you said this. And then you move forward. This was done, by the way, in what, September? This was. Yeah, this was a month after they did the Miralago raid. How about that? This is directly after they had a search warrant served at his chief political rival, and then they actually indict the guy. And to act like uh, there's somehow no connection between the Biden administration and what's going on over at the Justice Department, you have a lifelong Democrat in Lisa Monaco running it. You have this political appointee, mealy-mouthed weakness, the gremlin that is our attorney general going out there, Merrick Garland, as we like to call him, the general. And uh, you think that... Uh, you think that this has nothing to do with uh, what, what Joe Biden's priorities are or what the sort of leftist agenda is that's marching forward? I'd have you uh, listen a little further. But I'm an American president, not a president of red America, blue America, but of all America. OK, he's a president for all America. Listen to the next line. If you haven't heard the speech recently, remember it. And I believe it's my duty, my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. 
MAGA REPUBLICANS DO NOT RESPECT THE CONSTITUTION. THEY DO NOT BELIEVE IN THE RULE OF LAW. THEY DO NOT RECOGNIZE THE WILL OF THE PEOPLE. THEY REFUSE TO ACCEPT THE RESULTS OF A FREE ELECTION. AND THEY'RE WORKING RIGHT NOW, AS I SPEAK, IN STATE AFTER STATE, TO GIVE POWER TO DECIDE ELECTIONS IN AMERICA TO PARTISANS AND CRONIES, EMPOWERING ELECTION DENIERS TO UNDERMINE DEMOCRACY ITSELF. MAGA FORCES ARE DETERMINED TO TAKE THIS COUNTRY BACKWARDS, BACKWARDS TO AN AMERICA WHERE THERE IS NO RIGHT TO CHOOSE, NO RIGHT TO PRIVACY, NO RIGHT TO CONTRACEPTION, NO RIGHT TO MARRY WHO YOU LOVE. THEY PROMOTE AUTHORITARIAN LEADERS AND THEY FAN THE FLAMES OF POLITICAL VIOLENCE THAT ARE A THREAT TO OUR PERSONAL RIGHTS, TO THE PURSUIT OF JUSTICE, TO THE RULE OF LAW, to the very soul of this country. They're making a religious argument. Folks, this is what I keep saying. This is a religious argument. These are tenets of an illogical and secular religion. Joe Biden may claim to be a Catholic, but his his God is religion. I'm sorry, his God is government. And it continues to be, right? These things all have to be solved through government policies, through programs. They need to be forcing abortion on you. They need to go after and say, it's not good enough that the states have a choice. We have to reverse the Dobbs decision, even though... Our Supreme Court said that there was no justification for what was done, that uh, Roe v. Wade was was bad law. It was bad case law. Let's read some more Hitler here. Why not? I'm having a good time doing what they tell me that I cannot do. So let's go to this. This is uh, from echoesandreflections.org. This is a piece from the Reichstag speech. Many of you will know that in 1939, he gave a speech at the Reichstag, and he was talking about the final solution. This was getting rid of the political opponents. This was the scapegoating of the Jews. This is the reason why people are able to see uh, um, sort of the the shadows of what was happening in 1930s Germany towards the end, prior to World War I starting up here, uh, at least for the American end. We were obviously not in the war at this point. So let's see what we have. Excerpts. He says, in connection with the Jewish question, I have to say this. For hundreds of years, Germany was good enough to receive these elements, although they possess nothing except infectious political and physical diseases. What they possess today they have a large extent gained at the cost of the less astute German nation by the most reprehensible manipulations. Today, we're merely paying this people back what it deserves. I'm not saying it's a perfect parallel, but I am telling you that this sort of rhetoric saying that your political opponents are trying to destroy everything that is foundational to your country, that should ring a real serious bell with you. This man is using the same type of language. He's just, a, Adolf Hitler was just a lot more... Um, aggressively gripping power and had manipulated things because they didn't have an internet. They didn't have the ability to go back and play these videos in an easy way. Okay. How about this? Yeah. Pepe the Great just said, what about the MAGA question? That's exactly what we're hearing. The MAGA question, the question of how do you deal with MAGA in this country? And as someone who is not a, a MAGA guy per se, I'm definitely not MAGA trademark. I do like this. I got this hat when I was in New Hampshire, just says live free or die. If you can't see our, our live feed, uh, I'm a live free or die kind of guy. I think that's what our founding fathers want. That's what they wanted for us. They wanted us to be able to live free. They wanted a federal government that was weak and unable to do most of the things that it does today, right? They wanted a federal government that was subservient in many ways to the states with very few exceptions in very few ways. And uh, it turns out that's what the 10th Amendment says. 
that if the federal government is not explicitly given powers, they are reserved for the states to use and they are supposed to use it. The federal government was supposed to be a uniting force, sort of the glue that held together the 13 original colonies, now 50 independent laboratories for freedom in the American states. That was the whole purpose of what our federal constitution was supposed to do. It was supposed to allow us to solve the problems at a local level closer to home. In the meantime, uh, if you have that belief right now, if you have a live free or die idea, then you are going to be considered an anti-government violent extremist by the FBI under their counterterrorism investigations. And you are going to be called a hate group or an extremist by the SPLC and others that think the same way, right? So when you think about it, when people are saying things like maggot as a slur for people that want to see Donald Trump back in office, how about this Hitler quote? We must once and for all get rid of the opinion that the Jewish race was only created by God for the purpose of being a certain percentage, a parasite living on the body and productive on the work of other nations. Hitler had some pretty wild ideas. He was able to implement them slowly and over a period of time, right? They didn't start that way. It didn't start with death camps. We keep saying this. We have to keep reminding people. It's very, very important that we do not lose track of what's going on. And the way that it starts, it starts with the children. They have to come for the children to indoctrinate them. They have to get them to believe that there are significant racial distances. I skipped over a couple of tabs that I had open. They talked about how um, the Nazis had to encourage racial discrimination. If you don't think that critical race theory is racial discrimination, you are not paying attention to what they are doing. They want you to divide things. They need to go and they need to separate people instead of looking for the commonalities that we have, that we all essentially want to have children that have a better life than we did. The mechanism for doing that is by individual accomplishment. It's not by government handout. It doesn't work. It never has worked. We've spent billions, maybe trillions of dollars trying to get people out of poverty. It's not a money issue. It's a cultural failure. Everybody should be pretty comfortable seeing that. So let's bring this sucker up. This came up. This is a courtesy of my buddy, Ryan Matta. I think he's there in the chat. He may be getting ready for his show, uh, which you can find on LFA TV. Ryan uh, sent this over to me. I'm going to share it with you. It's good because it's got subtitles. It's good because they're colorful subtitles. We may have a typo in here, but that seems like just the nature of these things. Check this out. We had 10,000 views on Twitter with this video. You guys may have heard about it. I'm sure many of you did because you pay attention, but uh, they're telling you what they're about. You should believe them. They said, we're out child shopping. Um, they're making references to Target boycotts and so on. They're out there trying to push this along. So let's just bring this page up real quick. This is Fox News covering this from last week. Um, NYC drag marchers chanting, we're coming for your children during a pride event. It was also, we see the same the same faces of the devil popping up on a regular basis. The controversial group Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence attended this event. You know those people. Those are men dressed up like Catholic nuns doing some sort of sexual drag show to try to uh, embarrass their connection that they are, whatever it is, they're trying to align themselves with the Catholic Church. This was the reason why we had a boycott of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and thousands of people went out to say that this is not what we are about. If you're not watching our Rumble channel, you're missing out on just seeing this this uh, this webpage. This is foxnews.com showing these LGBTQ activists in New York City. Even the letters are divisive. You know, There's almost nothing. There's almost nothing in common between people who are... Uh, 
gay and lesbian and people that are transsexuals and whatever these other weird gender things that they've pushed out there. But here they are, they're marching, celebrating the Stonewall riots of 1969, which they consider to be a major success of the gay rights movement. I'm all about people doing what it is they need to do. As Christians, we should all be looking to ourselves and say, hey, um, do I have all my sins figured out? No, I'm gonna let other people figure out their own sins. But if you come for our kids, I'm just gonna tell you right now, that is a losing vic that is a losing battle. And we need to draw that line. Hardcore. There needs to be no no quarter given to people that want to come for your children. If you have no other reasons. Look, I've been canceled already, right? I got canceled from the FBI. My buddies who are suspendables have been canceled. Many of you have experienced that, or you would at least experience that there's a possibility of being canceled. There is nothing more noble, I would say, than being canceled because of your children. That is the only reason that you should have any skin in this game. That is the only reason to be taking stands that would otherwise be uncomfortable. People are willing to die for their children throughout history. So being able to just be uncomfortable or, or maybe uh, excommunicated from polite society. If this is what polite society looks like, if it looks like a man wearing um, face paint, all white, wearing knee high or over the knee, red leather boots, wearing a dress and having a beard and long gloves with tattoos. Are you guys seeing this? He's got a bullhorn and he's screaming and there's a bunch of shirtless weirdos dressed in God knows what. Like these people would have been absolutely rounded up <laughs> and moved off into a, their own camp where they could go and, and starve to death in, in almost every civilization. They are bizarre. They are court jesters and they're trying to be celebrated. You've got people here wearing high heels that are clearly men with these crazy colored wigs. This is These are sexual fetishes on parade. My buddy and I had this conversation. Here's a couple of dudes dressed up like chicks. Really gross. My buddy and I had this conversation the other day, and I think we should all consider this. If there is something that you want to espouse in public, then you should be prepared to defend against all comers. If you're a Christian person, if you're a church person, and, and your statement is, I love uh, going to church, I believe in Christian values, and somebody wants to come at you, you should be able to defend those on their merits, Right? That is an open topic for debate. That's what the First Amendment is for. If you are someone that says abortion is wrong, you should have all your facts lined up. You should have your thoughts, your processes lined up so that you can have that discussion. And if you want to walk around dressed up like a chick when you're a dude, wearing uh, pippy longstocking uh, hair braids and dressed up like a Girl Scout because that's your sexual fetish and you want everybody to accept it, you should be able to be willing to debate the merits of it and not cry foul and say, oh, I'm being discriminated against. You're damn right you are. You're a weirdo. You are a fringe weirdo. So what? You're allowed to be a weirdo in this country, but you're also responsible for standing on the value and the merit propositions of what you're trying to espouse. And I would argue that there is very little merit or any value in what you are bringing with your weird sexual preferences that shouldn't be in anybody else's business. Uh, you want to make your sexual preferences known to everybody else? I think you should deal with the consequences of whatever those are. You should have to explain them in a meaningful way if people have questions about them or they say they don't want to see what you are out there selling. It's just one guy's opinion. Seems to make a lot of sense to me. We had some, uh, some more five-star reviews coming in. So folks, I'm going to read one of those. I appreciate all of you sticking around that came out in the local chat that came out on uh, Rumble again for round three, I think it was, since we had two failures of the, uh, the technical stuff. And I'm very glad that we were able to roll through this thing and do it without any problems. Um, as usual, we will be back on Wednesday at 9.30 Eastern time. We will be doing it at 8.30 in Texas, America. But uh, today is a rare noon show on Monday due to some of the technical gremlins. Let's read you, man, there's a whole bunch of these. Let me just read in through, uh, through one of these five-star reviews. Let me go back to Thursday of last week. Looks like we had it. Um, here we go. 
This is from Road Dog 31 Thursday last week, a five-star review saying, enjoy this show. I really enjoy this podcast. He and his guests are able to put out reasoned and thoughtful analysis and ideas, and they do so without yelling or bluster. Sorry, today may have been a little bit of a break from that. I'm a little bit fired up about all this. Um, as a retired deputy sheriff, I find their thoughts on the law very thoughtful and accurate. Having worked for the FBI's Washington field office under the OSADEF, as an undercover for narcotics investigations many decades ago, I am heartbroken but not surprised at the current state of affairs. What a thoughtful piece there, Road Dog. I appreciate it. Um, he continues and says, I could see the problems with their upper leadership as well as certain units in such as the uh, civil rights and public integrity units even back then, but the criminal investigation units were always rock solid back in the day, as well as HRT, the hostage rescue team, and the firearms training unit, FTU. I have friends that are at, at FTU. I have friends that are actually at HRT as well. They've always been solid units. Unfortunately, once you have this kind of stuff going on, you end up with... Um, you end up with the weaponization and these people have to choice. They have to choose between their paycheck and their pension or doing what their oath said. And most people are not prepared to lose their salary the way I was. Um, I don't blame them for that. I just want you to be very clear. Being a suspendable can happen internally. I've got some friends reaching out, telling me some stuff about uh, happenings going on in their field offices. So thank you again, Road Dog, for that, uh, for that five-star review. Folks, we probably had like 10 more on top of that that I'll be able to get through. I'll try to read them. We'll tweet some of them out as well because I do really appreciate that you guys are out there sharing those things. Uh, if you're sitting in the chat, give me a thumbs up. Give me that... Uh, Give me that like if you would. We do appreciate it. Leave a comment, anything that struck you, anything that you'd like us to address, anything you think we can't talk about, because we're going to talk about those things in this country. This is the land of the free as long as we are not afraid to use those freedoms. They're very important to me. I think they should be important to you. I think they are worth fighting for, for our children. I'm not prepared to cede that territory. So whether that means having people from our women from uh, Moms for Liberty, whether it means that we are going to talk about the uncomfortable topics that the left doesn't like, if it means we have to quote Adolf Hitler to show the similarities between our current political environment and, uh, and the one that they are hoping to turn us into, we're going to do those things. We're going to keep doing it. Again, I will see you again on Wednesday, and you can look forward to a friendly Friday. We should have Steve Friend on this Friday. Uh, we'll be doing some interviews. So today's Monday long form was delayed, and they may just start becoming uh, randomly in peppering in with uh, useful interviews that you guys are going to really enjoy. We're going to start doing them on the back end and sharing them with you as soon as we get them. Have a safe and productive week. I hope you guys are as riled up as I am. Go out there and defend your freedoms. They are yours, and they are yours as long as, as you keep them. We'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on rumble.com slash kyleserafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter and True Social at Kyle Serafin.